Let's start with Jennifer. What did you bring? I brought my little curly haired baby doll. Ooh, corkscrew. Yes. <laughs> All right. And Princess, what about you? What did you bring? All right. Oh, dear. I don't know if I warned you. Wait, 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 wait. Before you, I'm not, I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> okay, no, I'm kidding. I feel like this was a family friendly podcast, so I kept it appropriate. Okay, good, good. I don't know. It has okay. a case. I, don't... I, I thought that it would be good to have a reveal, but it's fine now. I'm, now I don't want to do it. Anymore. No. <laughs> All right. Well, I have this wonderful traveling case, and inside is my beloved flat iron. <laughs> Lovely. A curly haired girl's necessity. A necessity. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> thank you both. First of all, thank you. Thank you for playing along. Um, can't wait to hear more about these unique items that you brought. <laughs> so first of all, my name is Valerie Hope. For those of you who are joining us today, you're, you're now tuning in to Not Quite Strangers. This podcast is an opportunity for two people who don't know each other, in this case, Jennifer and Princess, who are not quite strangers now, they have the opportunity to build a connection. Hopefully this will also inspire curiosity. And who knows if we're lucky, challenge the status quo as Princess's uh, <laughs> reveal almost did for a second. So we're safe, we're back in the safe zone. <laughs> but I'm always so excited to bring two new people together. I, as those of you who've been watching this show know that I love connecting people. And in this particular case, this conversation that we're gonna have today was inspired. I don't even know how it came up, but Jennifer and I know each other because both of us attended the Berkeley Executive Coaching Institute. And I was one of the faculty members when she went through the program and got connected that way and have had some really meaningful conversations about life and living. And one day, I don't even know how hair came up, but this conversation about hair and acceptance, and we both started sharing some of these stories. And in my head, I was like, you know what? I think that this could be a great episode for my podcast. We've talked about hair, but we need somebody that could bridge the gap between the two. So we have you know, you know, Jennifer, obviously you're Caucasian, I'm black. And I'm like, who do I know that's a blend? And then princess, you and I know each other from Toastmasters <laughs> and we've known each other for, I don't know, six months or something, not very long. We've had like two or three meaningful conversations. And I don't even know, it came up about hair. And I'm like, princess, you need to come to my podcast to talk about hair. <laughs> Was that and bring weird? questionable and bring questionable things to talk? Yes. <laughs> well, first of all, I, I want to say thank you for both of you just saying yes and playing along and being open to this. But I am curious, why did you say yes, especially about something that's so personal? I'll go first. I thought it would be a fun adventure. So one of my intentions for this year has been to step out of my comfort zone and do some new things and meet some new people. So this was the perfect opportunity to do that. So I appreciate Ooh. the invite. Yay, fun and adventure. Okay, game on. We're gonna make this the most fun and adventurous topic ever. <laughs> Princess, what about you? Sure, for me, I have to say, hair is almost the icebreaker topic for some of my best friendships, to be honest. Mm. And it 
is something that initially, you know, everyone has some attribute about themselves that maybe makes them self-conscious. And I'll, I'll talk more about kind of how my flat iron was part of my hair journey and my love journey. But I have to say, it was so funny you brought up hair when we had our conversations because it is truly something that I talk about almost daily anyway. And it's really a source of togetherness. Like it creates community. And so I always love complimenting people with their great curly hair. And I thought, I would love to meet this other person that has amazing hair. Yes. <laughs> a collection of my friends all have good hair. So Jennifer is my next great friend. I can Look really tell. That. <laughs> that's, Lucky that's me. what it was. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting. This had, it didn't have as much to do with the fact that both of you have curly hair because clearly I'm the curliest of them all, which I've tamed into a nice uh, hair locks here. But I think the, your willingness to share that the journey with your hair was so you know, whatever it was for you, right? It was, it's such a personal thing. I don't hear women talk about it enough. I think, you know, we're so connected to our hair, obviously, and we spend time and money and energy. I've, I've decided to just let the gray come out. <laughs> you know, my, both sides of my family, especially my dad's side, go gray fairly young and, and is very prominent. And I was like, actually, I want to embrace that. I want to embrace part of that. And I'm really not interested in you know, putting chemicals or spending a lot of time and energy on doing something that goes counter to what nature has you know, in store for me. So part of it was that. But I, I'm curious about, let's start with you, Jennifer, this doll that you brought. What is it and what does that mean about your hair journey? So I bought this doll for myself almost a year ago, and it was a really big deal for me because this is the first doll I've ever had that looked like me. So none of my dolls growing up ever looked like me. And so it was really special for me to find this little doll on Etsy that this sweet little woman hand crocheted for me because um, it was it was always kind of tough being that little girl who didn't have a doll that looked like her, right? So it made me made me wonder what was what was wrong with me, right? Because all of the dolls had beautiful straight hair or really short curly hair, but it never never looked like me. So it was really exciting for me to find a doll that looked like me. Look at that. And I want to hear more about this because I don't know if I ever had a conversation with someone who said the doll doesn't look like me unless they're a person of color. <laughs> That's usually where I would hear something like that. So for you, it was really this idea of having a curly hair, you know, blonde curls, I imagine that was part mm -hmm. of it too, right? Um, wow. All right. More to come. Princess, this flat iron. Yes, with the travel bag. It's very with the travel bag. I'm sorry. Very important <laughs> that we include the travel bag because you also know if you have curly hair, this thing gets hot, you know, up to 400 degrees. And if you're trying to straighten it and go, you don't want to be waiting for it to cool down. One of my favorite stories about this wonderful flat iron and the reason I brought the travel bag was because legitimately growing up, we traveled a lot and it was awesome. But then I got to that age where I wanted to flat iron my curly hair. And one time we were rushing to check out of a hotel room. My grandfather legitimately put the flat iron in the freezer 
to try and cool it down. Oh. Completely forgot it. We had to call the hotel. They had a FedEx and ship back my flat iron. So this travel bag helps conceal that heat and lets me throw it in my suitcase and go. But that is that is the importance about the crazy reveal. And regarding it being a part of my hair journey, I totally resonate with what Jennifer was saying about having, having mentors and people in pop culture and in society looking like you, having products that look like you and that, that reflect who you are and what you look like physically. And so for me, my hair journey was a lot of experimenting and my, my dad is African-American and my mom is Caucasian and I was raised by my Caucasian grandparents in Idaho. So <laughs> this was this perfect storm of not really knowing or having the guidance on how to properly care for my hair. And so I, over the years, have had everything from the chemical relaxers growing up out of the box at home to the fancy ones in the salon. I've had box braids, like 400 of them all over my head, best summer ever, love them. <laughs> and I've had my hair dyed, I've had extensions, I've had it cut, uh, et cetera. And this is probably the first time in my life now being in my early thirties where I have embraced the curly and the natural look to my hair and I'm owning it and I'm loving it. And I'm embracing it. But I also have so many adventures straightening my hair and getting the braids that I definitely don't regret them at all. It's just so fascinating that you have these seasons of how you want your hair to look and how you want to look in public and how much time you want to spend on your hair. And so this flat iron has traveled with me across the world, across uh, many different stages and adventures, and it's still going strong, but it's been, it's been fun trying all these new things and, and your hair is resilient as well. So yeah. it's kind of a cool, cool thing that you can change. Um, you can change about yourself and, and have one more conversation piece, I guess, to your, to your personality. You could probably do a whole different podcast episode with a different hairstyle and people would never know. Like, oh, is that the one that was talking about the, who, you know, who knew? The amount of people I've been able to walk past that I didn't want to talk to and they didn't recognize me has been perfect. And then sometimes I want someone to recognize me. I'm like, hey, we went to college together. And they're like, your hair, it's different. Or even you're wearing glasses or not glasses. It's just so funny how we can shift, like we can shape shift just by changing these little things. And then it becomes that spot the difference game. It's like what princess wearing today that she wasn't wearing before. I used to love to go into the office with my hair straight, like every few months. So not all the time. So just long enough that people have forgotten. And like the first five minutes of every meeting was talking about my straight hair and where did your curls go? <laughs> and are they going to come back? <laughs> and were you doing like a flat iron or were you doing chemical straightening? I've done everything that Princess <laughs> talked about, <laughs> but I have a flat iron that I love. Yeah. You said, Jennifer, something to me that I think prompt either it was prompted by the conversation about hair or I don't know when it came up, but you mentioned something about having embraced your curl, similar to what Princess just said. Tell us about that. 
So, and it was right around the same time because it was when my second son was born when I was 30. And I was at the point where there was like no way in the world I was spending more time in the morning on my hair than I absolutely had to. So out of necessity, I stopped straightening it every day. And then I realized how nice it was just to be my natural, authentic self. Because mm. I had been straightening my hair every day and fighting the curl for most of my life. And so it was at that point that I decided I, I'm I'm going to embrace who I am and the way that my hair was made and learn to love it. And it's been, it's been really freeing. And I think it was really, it was really good for my soul and my hair um, to stop straightening it every day and just let it, let it be. Yeah. But you know, it's interesting. There's something about the thirties, right? It's, it's like, I'm, I'm well beyond my thirties now. And I, I'm trying to remember. So I have similar, right? All of women, I think, will have some version of a hair story or journey. I think for me, I, you know, growing up, just natural, very tight curls, right? That's natural hair um, when you're black, typically. And then as I, I think when I turned 12 or something like that, no, yeah, 12 or so, I got a Jerry curl. What? Like Michael Jackson. Yes, I was that. <laughs> person. <laughs> and, I mean, the amount of time and energy and money that I invested in these locks throughout my lifetime. Uh, and just, I, I really should calculate at some point in time, but I, I remember, <laughs> I remember the Jericho because you'd have to keep moisture. The thing with, with really, really curly, curly hair is that it doesn't necessarily, you know, the, the moisture is really only at the scalp and you, you know, the rest of the hair dries out. So with Jerry Curl, you had to keep it moisturized or all sorts of sprays. <laughs> I remember going to Girl Scouts and I had to ride my bike and it started to rain <laughs> and it was like pouring rain. And first of all, it was bad enough that I was going to get there. I was going to be soaked. So I didn't have a park or anything like that, but because I had all this stuff in my hair, all this chemical, it all started to drip into my eye. And I'm like, my eyes are hot drying. <laughs> it was terrible. I skipped Girl Scouts that day. <laughs> but, but, but over the years, there have been so many experiments. And I, I'd love to hear about the two of you and what experiments you've said you've all done all sorts of things. So what are the experiments that you've done that have been meant the most? What impact did it have? And yeah, what, what was, what was the, the experience like? I can go. For me, I'll just reiterate, it was my summer that I did my box braid curls and or, uh, my box braids and I had curls on the end, which was really fun. And let me, so I'll preface it and say, this was a summer in high school where I had three or four different leadership camps, travel destinations. And I just did not have time to try to sort out my hair. And I was trying to be professional and was trying to take these dual enrollment classes. And, you know, I'm looking at these itineraries and I'm seeing that some of these camps, you know, their start time with the first speaker is 6 a.m. And I'm like, there's no way that I'm going to wake up on time, get breakfast and do my hair properly. And I so gratefully found this woman in Idaho who could do these braids. 
I got them done beginning of June and was actually able to keep them for almost three months, which is not always like a recommended time. <laughs> but I will also say I didn't have hair until I was almost two. So my hair grows so slowly mm. that, you know, back when I was one and everyone was saying to my mom how cute her little boy looked. And she said, thank you, her name is Princess. <laughs> just hasn't come in yet. <laughs> To, to then use it as a benefit, I guess, where my slow growing hair allowed me to retain these curls all summer long. I absolutely, I got compliments on these curls. They made me stand out. They were just fun. I think this was the time around the time where the song Whip, Whip Your Hair Back and Forth came out. And so I was, <laughs> and I think the best part was I was not spending so much time on my hair. Mm-hmm. even when you flat iron your hair from curly to straight it can take hours if you do it properly and and slowly the way it should uh, in my opinion the way it should be done so for me just to have that time back it made that summer so much better because I was just that crazy teenager that didn't want to do her hair <laughs> and I will forever remember all of that fun. And everyone thought I had gone to Jamaica and I said, braid hair in other parts of of the world, even America, even the state of Idaho, surprisingly. I'd have to say that was my greatest experimentation. I did it again another year later because again, it was so wonderful. Taking them out, that's no game. Uh, I invited my friends over for pizza and unbraiding parties. That was how I misled them to come to my house and help me out. <laughs> but braids and curls. Oh, have a slide. But actually take my braids out first because I don't want you to. Yeah, don't grease it. No, <laughs> so, so I also didn't have any hair till I was two either. And so my thing? Parents, it might apparently be. with us. Yeah. So and my parents would always say that they had to tape a bow to my head so that people would know that I was a girl. Awesome. Oh, like the little presents, like the <laughs> peel the back. Surprise. She's a girl. Okay. <laughs> Don't judge. So Jennifer, what was, what was an, uh, a transformation for you that was most meaningful? So I think it was when I decided to actually invest in my hair, to take the time to find a really good hairdresser mm-hmm. and buy the right products. Um, because for a long time, like I just didn't want to spend the money. Like, why can't I just use Per Plus? Like, why do I have to buy something from a salon that's like $40 for a little bottle? Um, So it was a really big deal and a really real turning point for my hair when I found a great salon with a woman who knew how to cut curly hair, because it's really hard to find someone who knows how to cut curly hair well, because all curly hair is different, right? Mm. And my hair is curlier here than it is here. And so you have to, you have to understand the hair to cut it well. 
And so when I actually started paying, um, you know, what I still consider to be a lot of money um, to get my hair cut and colored and all of that stuff, that was a, a real, real turning point for me and totally worth it, right? Because mm. I figured if I, if I wanted to appreciate my hair, I wanted to treat it well because it's been, you know, put through the ringer, right? Because mm. I've also had it chemically relaxed. And then all through high school, um, I had a lady who would put perm solution in it and comb it out to straighten it. So my hair had been just fried for years. Mm. Beaten into submission. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, you know, it's funny because I think when I think about all the stuff I've had to do, I don't even know, like if I had to think back now and I'm curious, I'll ask you guys the same question. If I had to think back about what was the, the motivation for me to do all the things that I did, perhaps some of it might be like convenience, right? That there's something about like quick and easy, right? So, oh, Jerry Curl, you just put all this stuff in it. There's like a one big investment of time up front. And then afterwards there's a, some maintenance, it's very minimal maintenance. Um, but I've had the whole relaxer straight I've had burns in my scalp because it's left too long. I've um, braiding when I was traveling, that was a lifesaver to have braids because I didn't have to worry about straightening and curly and the humidity and all that stuff. I, you know, I could travel freely um, except for that one time, you know, when I'm thinking about the amount of money that I had to invest in getting my hair braided when I was traveling, especially in Europe, there were, we were in these small towns and I'm like, you know, you have to pay like $400 to the get oh yeah no joke <laughs> to get your hair and braids i don't know what it's like now this was back in the 90s <laughs> so yeah the the investment was ridiculous and then you'd sit for four hours or seven hours or however long depending on the size all that good stuff um more than anything though i think i was always chasing somehow like the convenience but I also wanted it to look good, right? I wanted it something that was cute, that was something that would reflect me and my personality. And, and ultimately what I, where I landed was I remember, um, so I have uh, my brother, he, one of his, one of my brothers is married to a woman from Vermont. She's white and has straight hair and they have five kids and all their kids have slightly different textures. But I remember spending some time with them once. And she asked, she's like, you know, I used to have um, without any, any, what do you call it? Chemicals or braids or anything like that. I would take my hair just naturally and I would do two strand twists, right? So it would give a little bit of definition. So it wasn't like all curly, like an Afro, but it would give it a little bit of, I would, you know, um, what do you say? Um, I can't think of the word in English, (laughs) domar. Like, I don't any, no, no takers, no matter, uh, like manage, just have some definition, like be really intentional in creating definition. So I would do this every night. My hair was breaking like crazy all the time. And, and so my sister-in-law, Sarah asks, Valerie, why don't you just let your hair grow out? And I was like, what do you mean the hair grow? Like my hair doesn't grow. And then I remember saying that I was like, that's silly. Hair is supposed to grow. Not always fast, but that's what hair does. So I, this was maybe sometime in my thirties and I got on this whole kick about, I need to discover what my hair is really about. Like, it's no longer about just the convenience and the ease and wanting to look cute. I'm like, actually my hair is a part of who I am. And that's the one area that I haven't really explored. I've just kind of looked at things and said, oh, I want it to look like this. or I want it to feel like that. 
rather than what does it want from me? You know, like my hair was speaking. <laughs> so, love me <laughs> love me as i am um so that sent me in a whole different journey and so i'm curious about what for you guys would you say was that moment if there was a moment it sounds like both of you had these transformations that you made jennifer you mentioned this idea of embracing your curls um and you know princess being in idaho i i, I i'm actually really curious about this can't imagine I, were there a lot of people of color that had textured, different textured hair or curly hair? Like, what was that like? Not enough, <laughs> for yeah. sure. I, I was lucky enough to live in a military community. So I think that was this pocket of diversity that the rest of the state maybe it wasn't quite the same in that way. And, you know, I had to travel almost an hour to find my, my stylist. Mm-hmm. Similarly to Jennifer, I had a lot of bad experiences and that last bad experience where some of my hair fell out from a bad dying experience, what led me to this person and she was what led me into the braids because she kind of said, we just need to give your hair a rest. Like your hair is tired. And, And it's crazy because you were just mentioning Valerie almost that idea of like personifying our hair and, and listening to our hair and it's us, but it's, it's, it's us from a different vantage point, I suppose. And, and so I I really resonate with what you were talking about, just kind of coming back to who you are as an individual and, and being grateful for, for what you have and then for the hair on your head. And so just totally agree with that. And I guess I kind of came into my curl appreciation probably after traveling a fair bit. I think finally seeing other people owning their hair, mm-hmm. owning the curls, that made me feel great. I lived outside of Washington, DC for almost five years. And to not be the person that had the biggest hair out in public was amazing and to have people compliment my hair that that wasn't something I was as familiar with growing up but you you start to see that it's that unique piece of you that that also deserves respect and care and gratitude so I think after all that traveling and finally you know taking the braids out putting the the flat iron away I was finally able to really as Jennifer was saying, just come into my own and show myself as all of this is princess, not just the face, not just the name, not just the personality or the education, but the hair is coming for the party too. The hair is coming <laughs> for the party. I love that. Jennifer, I see you nodding over there. What, what's, yeah. what's going through your mind as you're hearing these examples? So I'm thinking about how true it is that, I mean, our hair is totally an outward reflection of our inner self, right? And so like, I'm listening to what both of you have said and, you know, I am that girl who talks to her hair. Like people talk to you their really? plants. Like what when I'm filming saying? something, I, I will be really appreciative. Like when I was doing my hair this morning, I'm like, I really appreciate my curls and thank you for looking good today. <laughs> and just because I think, I, I do think it's important to care for our whole selves. And yeah. like I've experienced 
you know, like you guys were saying, both having bad experiences and Princess talking about your hair falling out. I've had really stressful times in my life where my hair has naturally started to fall out, which is a really scary experience, but was also a wake up call for me, right? I mean, that's my hair telling me, hey, you need to take care of yourself. <laughs> Something yeah. is not okay. And so I don't know that there was one single point where I decided I'm going to embrace my hair. I love it um, or anything like that. I think it was, it was really a journey. And Princess, like you were saying, getting compliments on my hair was not a thing. <laughs> like mm -hmm. that's not anything I ever heard because I, I didn't know what to do with it, right? So I got my curls from my dad. And so not only did my mother have really thin stick straight hair, but she was not a girly girl by any stretch of the imagination. Mm. So nobody knew what to do with me, right? And so I was just left to kind of figure it out on my own. So like I went through the phases like in middle school when I wanted nothing but to look like everybody else, I'd wash my hair at night and I'd pull it back in a really tight ponytail and then put scrunchies all the way down the ponytail wow. to try to straighten it. So when I woke up the next morning, it wouldn't be curly. Cause I, I didn't even know that flat irons existed because mm -hmm. I just didn't have the resources and didn't have people, didn't have people around me who could help me yeah. with that. It's, yeah, it's fascinating. Say, Go ahead, Princess. Well, I was just going to say my very similar story. It's like, it's almost emotional because we just have such similar stories. But uh, my entirety of seventh grade, I pretty much wore my hair pulled back as tight as I could and put it in a hair clip, like one of those big kind of claw grips. And, you know, I've had a couple times where the integrity of those clips were not good. And so it breaks, plastic flies everywhere, the, the spring flies and your hair is just poofy. And I mean, I think that happened to me once or twice in class. And it's just that embarrassing feeling of like, this is not how I wanted to present myself. And just similarly, probably, you know, most of middle school, it wasn't until high school before I found this stylist to help me and guide me and my family on how to take care of my hair. All of middle school was just, so hard from that sense because you're trying to fit in you're trying to be cool and for me that was to like kind of hide and, and put this hair together the best way I could as easily as I could so you know Jennifer's solution in that moment was the scrunchies and mine was that was that claw clip <laughs> that I would try to buy in bulk because again not a not a long life expectancy on those clips <laughs> and, and my hair is big like it's a thicker curl mm -hmm. I just got it cut around COVID time because I didn't have as many people to see me out in public so I thought I'd change it up and there's that quote that says a woman who cuts her hair is about to change her life so I always resonate with just like okay let's do something big and, and different and uh, I have been lucky that the places I've lived I've been able to find people who our masters with hair and have created mm. me as well. It's, you know, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I was gonna say I think that's so true about when you cut your hair, like you're like you're getting ready. <laughs> like you're gonna make some changes. And I actually mm. had a not so great experience with that a few months ago because I went in 
wanting to try a new hairstyle and talked my stylist into it, right? She wasn't totally on board, but I was like, let's try something new because I'm getting kind of bored and I don't want to feel blah. And so we tried the new style and I woke up the next morning and I washed it and dried it and it looked like I had a mullet. (laughs) And, And so I sent her a picture and she said, can you come in today? <laughs> Emergency. So, That's why I'm short now. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, you know, it's so interesting. First of all, you know, God bless people who are gifted and willing to a learn the craft of caring for hair because there's all different types. To your point, there's some that grow slow, some grow fast, some have these types of curls, like all of that. Um, I, I remember though, there was a point in time, actually before my sister-in-law ever said anything to me about the hair growth, where I was getting my hair braided on a regular basis. And you know, like Prince has mentioned, in order for us, for, for people to maintain braids, they have to be done regularly enough. So anytime there's new growth, kind of like coloring, right? You'd have to maintain, make sure that the new growth is you know, rebraided. So you have to take all the braids out and put them back. It's like a whole thing. And I remember I went to a salon and I'd gone, I think one other time to the same place, one or two times. They did a great job. There was a group of women from different countries in Africa and actually quite adept and very good, fast, I thought. Um, and it so happened, I made an appointment one afternoon. I took the day off work because that's like the kind of, you have to do like the, take the day off. Saturdays are usually so crazy. You can't get an appointment. So I'm like, okay, I take the day off work. Um, and I remember going and the person that was supposed to braid my hair was out sick. And there are a few people waiting in the, in the waiting room. And I'm like, um, okay, there's two, there's supposed to be three, like what's going to happen here. And so I hung out and it was one of those like first come first serve, basically. I mean, this process is like, it's just a whole thing. I think black hair care has a whole another level, um, of, of, <laughs> of consciousness, complexity, but you have to bring your stylist breakfast or lunch to try to basically motivate them to help, help. Yeah, you're going to invest some time like you know you got comfortable shoes what do you need <laughs> like hair you need you feeling? do you need anything <laughs> no. I like the sending my family out like she needs lunch help her out come on I want to be I don't want to be here all day totally, totally well it so happened they didn't have anybody to replace her so the other two were really doubling up, but because some of the, so these styling techniques take hours. This is hours, hours worth. Mine would have been at least four or five hours or whatever. And I remember having to sit and wait because I knew that if I left, I would lose my appointment. I didn't have time the next day because everything was booked the next day. I did not want to wait till, I think it was like a Friday or something. I didn't want to wait till Monday. Like it was just a whole thing. And as I sat there, I was steaming. I was mad. And I wasn't mad because somebody was out sick. I was mad because I'd given my, and I'm getting emotional talking about it. Like I'd given my power of my hair care to someone else. So much so that I was afraid to leave and have to sit someplace for five hours waiting for a turn that may or may not. I mean, by the time I got out of that place, it was like night had fallen. It was so ridiculous. And I felt like I was a prisoner in that moment. And I remember deciding never again, I will never give that much power to someone that my whole life has to now shift, especially about it's hair, it's hair. 
you know, it was, I'm not bleeding. <laughs> it's not an ulcer. And I'm like kidney stone. I mean, like it's hair. And I was just so disappointed in myself. I'm like, man, I really, I really sold, you know, I gave my power away. Um, and I'm kind of having to deal with it now. So that was the last time I went, got my hair braided, looked cute for the time it looked cute. And then when I was like, okay, when these come out, that's it. And that's when I was like, all right, Valerie, get to know your hair. You know, similar, I have three brothers. They weren't talking about hair care. My mom had always had a short Afro. She wasn't the girly girl like you, Jennifer, your mom. So there was no, none of that stuff. So I had to figure it out on my own. And I'm so glad I did. And I found the right people. And I love like natural product. I even did like the henna thing for a while. And, and now, and my hair's grown. I literally cut it maybe like three or something times this past year because it just grows and grows and grows and grows. I'm just like, don't rub it in, Valerie. Oh, I have I just, a glacier for hair. Whip your no. hair. <laughs> as soon as I cut the four to six inches off, I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to take like five or 10 years to get it back. But I just, I just had to embrace the journey. <laughs> what, what do you, if you were to tell other young girls, right, who are likely going through some of the same things, although maybe now, right, as as we, as women, I think, begin to own our own power around our hair. And we, we notice that there are things in the marketplace that are missing either products that are, that are affordable, that really take care of the types of hair that we have or dolls, right? <laughs> or, or even people in the media that rep represent and reflect us. Like, so now there's probably more than when we were that age, but what would you tell a seventh grade girl, a 12 year old girl who's starting to come into her own about her hair? What, what advice or what wisdom would you share? I think I'd tell her to use all of the resources available to her. So like you, you talk about today being different than it was when we were little. I mean, I can't imagine how different life would have been for me if I had YouTube, right? I mean, if I could <laughs> Google all of these questions and get answers. Um, mm. But I, I think the key is to figure out, you know, Valerie, like you were saying, what does your hair want to do? Right. Because it's at that age that we start thinking, how do I look like everybody else? And how am I supposed to style my hair? And how am I supposed to look where I think the answer really is who are you and who are you meant to be? And how do mm. you, how do you embrace your hair in its natural format, whatever that might be. Mm. That's interesting. I love that. I was gonna say, just almost stated in a slightly different way, but don't let your hair define you. And maybe similar to what Jennifer was saying earlier, just have that grace and gratitude for what you have. Another, one of my more cheesy movie quotes that I love is, when the man character says to the female, he says to her, why blend in when you were born to stand out? And <laughs> I really embrace that as my own mantra. But at the same time, I, I really have determined that, you know, maybe the hair is just that icebreaker conversation or that lead in to a wonderful relationship with these people who are genuinely interested. I mean, I think people point things out about other people because to some, I, to some degree, there's curiosity there. Yeah. But at, at that same time, I've had people come up to me with their small daughters to just like show them like, 
you can look wonderful, or at least that's what they're saying. <laughs> like, look at that girl. But I think it's more of this positive, like this, like they, they come and ask like, what products do I use or how do I take care of my hair? And, and so I just love that it sparks conversation, but, but again, don't let it define you. And, and also to some degree, if it can be one of your selling points though, uh, if, if it can be, again, like I said, that conversation starter, yeah. I'm not, I, I love that it took some time, but it now truly is the way that I meet new people. I still remember years ago, I was doing an internship and I walked to where my cubicle was and another intern was sitting there. So we found out we'd be sharing a cube that was probably probably already too small for one person, but it's okay. We're temporary. We could fit two to a cube. And I got introduced to this person and she turned and I said, I got put in the cubicle with the good hair crew. And she looked at me like I was the weirdest person <laughs> to say that, but I just, I, I kid you not, friendships are made. And she was one of my bridesmaids at my wedding a few years ago. And it was just, again, that, that commonality, that thing that makes you find your tribe and find other people that you can converse and commiserate sometimes with has been invaluable to me. So yeah, don't, 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 don't let it define you. Mm-hmm. Give it that, that love and gratitude so that it can be that talking point for you. And then find your community, find that community that is going to share all these best practices. So everybody looks as fashionable as we hope to be. You know, this is so funny about finding community. Cause I, although it, just because I walked out of, and said never again, does not mean that I go and I, I have a stylist that I go to. So I'm, I'm not so arrogant to think that I will become my own stylist. That, that's no, that would not have worked. I'm not that interested. I don't have that kind of time. But I remember going to an event, it was called Nappyology, right? So this idea of nappy hair, black hair being nappy, very tight curls, right? And it was called Nappyology, it was years ago. And there was a session about how to style your hair, I'm paraphrasing the, the title of the session, but it's like a little seminar about how to style your hair using items from your kitchen sink or something like that, or your kitchen, your, your kitchen counters or whatever. And I was like, hmm, that sounds interesting. And I ended up going and it was a woman who was a stylist who was talking about all the natural products that one could use, everything from certain oils uh, to you know, essential oils, as well as like butters, coconut oil and all that stuff. And then, um, and vinegar, like it was amazing. And I was just like, oh my gosh, she's like a chemist. It's fascinating. And there were tons of people in the seminar. I, I would say maybe like 70 people. And she said, I have a salon, it's in South Dallas. And I have, you know, a, a couple of gift certificates I'm gonna give away to pe- two people in the audience. And she was so like, the arbitrary number I'm gonna choose is the person who has the birthday closest to my daughter. And I was just like, I'm gonna get one. I'm gonna get a gift certificate. I know I'm gonna get one. and. And then she said her daughter's birthday, February 19th. And I'm like, <laughs> February 16th. What? Nice. I got a gift certificate. I've been her client for like 12 years or something. Wow. I, I would have, not, and she has empowered me. This is the part that I think made such a difference is because she's empowered me to learn, to research, to find products that work, that give me the look that I want. 
I went through this whole, like, do I want the grade? Do I not? Does it make me look, oh, I don't know. And, you know, she's never been the one that says, oh, this would look better for you or you should do. She's always been there to hold space. Like, so what do you want? And how do you want to look? And, you know, what feels good? She's like, I think it looks great this, this way, but if you want to change, she's always let, left the choice up to me. There was no, like, I had to submit to my hair or submit to my stylist. And I love, love how empowering that was for me. So Keisha Ricks, shout out to you. <laughs> so if you're interested, she has, I, and I'll put her contact info, but she's been phenomenal, just empowering me with knowledge, which I think all stylists should do for any type. Um, so that, that's my little story. Yeah, I, you, I you definitely, you have, I, I just wanted to quickly add, cause I love that. And I love that gratitude for not just your hair, but your hairstylist, because you have a lot of hairstylists and maybe it was, again, I was at a different point in my life, but you had a lot, sometimes you have those stylists who are almost salesmen and mm -hmm. so trying to upcharge you either on product or service. And you also have those, those stylists that almost make you feel worse about mm -hmm. hair because they start saying to you, oh, well, you have been damaging your hair or you've been doing this. And it, it's like, I didn't really pay to get chastised and like, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, talk down to, I'm here because I need your help. So I love just, I just love what you said. And I found someone like that locally as well, where I feel like I'm learning, but I'm also empowered to take care of my hair later. Mm -hmm. so it's a much more amenable relationship versus you're being mean to me and I'm paying you money. <laughs> and bringing you lie. Yes, <laughs> abusive hair relationship is so awful. So I'm so glad that I, it sounds like all three of us um, have, you know, graduated from those moments. <laughs> abusive. We're not going to be treated this way anymore. <laughs> Jennifer, I wanted to go back to something you said, and I know we've been talking mostly about hair, but you said something about really like embracing who we are, like all of it, right? Mm -hmm. And I wonder, what do you guys think about that as applied to any, any aspect of our physicality? Like our body, our shape, our, you know, eye shape, our teeth, our features, like all of that. What, what are your thoughts on that? How does this theory or this, this concept of accepting and being, having gratitude, how would that apply to other parts of ourselves? I think it applies to every aspect of life, right? I mean, I think it applies to our physical body, right? And accepting what um, our strengths are and the areas that um, might not be what we want them to be, right? So I'm I'm never gonna be a size two again. That's something that I need to embrace and love There's my body. There's a size two? No way. Yes. Who, who does that? Urbanness. <laughs> okay, I like that better. <laughs> But no, I think it's really important, right? Because we were, I am one who believes that we were um, perfectly made, right? We were made to be the way that we are for a reason, right? And the most beautiful thing we can do is embrace and celebrate that mm -hmm. because what's beautiful about our world is how unique each one of us are, right? I mean, there are things that each of us bring to the world that the other two of us don't, right? And so if one of the things that I can bring to the world is teaching people how I embrace that, even though I'm five, five, I always have to wear petite pants because I'm so short-waisted. Mm. And as much as I love them, I 
should not be allowed to wear peplum tops. Like they just look absolutely <laughs> ridiculous on me. Like, should not be allowed. Sounds like somebody's been rebellious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bought one last year and I keep trying. And I can wear it now on Zoom because you can only see this much of it. I was gonna say, you look so tall on camera. <laughs> five, five. Tall on camera. <laughs> But things like that, it just, I found it has made such a difference for me when I embrace and accept and am grateful for what I do have, right? And mm. then it makes the things that I don't have less of an issue or not an issue at all. Mm. Embrace what we have. Yes. <laughs> Princess, what would you say about that? What would you add to that? Um, you know, I wish, I wish you could have paired me with someone that I just had completely opposite opinion. <laughs> just kidding. That would actually be so stressful. I have to echo everything that Jennifer is saying truly. And, and I would also just say, you know, maybe different from when we were growing up, especially with the social media and technology advancements, there are groups for every little aspect of you that you love or don't love so much. And you have a community wherever you look, it seems anyway. And so you just have to find those places and those people and, and you find you're not so alone. I love that really I've just, I've noticed over the last several years too though, that the industry sure seems to be changing. When I when I was growing up, I loved seeing movies with Whoopi Goldberg or Julia Roberts or Bernadette Peters and, and all those curls because, again, that was me. And um, so now I kind of try to pay it forward. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. I work in technology and I've had many female students come up to me and say things like, it's so nice to see someone that looks like me in this field. And now I will aspire because I know it's possible. So for, for me, it's appreciating that the industry is changing, whether it's the pop culture, acting, music, et cetera, industries, to even our, our white collar jobs, we're starting to finally see a, a bit more diversity here and there, which is really encouraging. But to me, that's why, you know, just even being a guest today is so important and a huge reason why I wanted to do that was also to give back to, you know, if we can tell and show just a few people that they're not alone mm. in their care journey and identity, then that's a huge win in my opinion. And I think we all do coaching either full-time or, or part-time or as a side hustle too. So I also resonate when, when Jennifer said using those strengths, like mm. remembering that there's the personality strengths, but there are those physical strengths as well. And we just need to, we need to invest in those just as much as we invest in those kind of soft skills and, and those leadership skills too. And it is really so much a part of our identity, right? Because it's the per first thing people see when yes. they interact with us for the first time. Mm. And I was thinking what a funny experience COVID has been for me because since we've all been wearing masks, I still get recognized because people will come up and be like, I saw your hair. <laughs> 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 like, 
<laughs> me too. Oh, yeah, that needs ponytails. <laughs> Not recognizable. Oh, yeah. Get those scrunchies back out. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. This is a kind of a different question, but I'm curious to know, why do you think the three of us gathered today? I know I invited you, right? I, the, we talked about why I invited you, but I'm curious about why you think this conversation was supposed to happen this way. If you think that, I don't know. I feel like it's meant to be. I'm not sure why I was getting that impression as we're talking. So why, why do you guys think? I absolutely believe we were meant to be brought together because I think we were meant to be part of each other's story, right? So either from the aspect of realizing that we're not alone because it would like it was so comforting to me princess to hear all of your experiences right because I did feel really alone growing up because I didn't have somebody to turn to I didn't have any friends who had curly hair there was just there was nobody to talk to and so it it will make a difference in my life to have heard your stories today and I Mm. think that that's really special. And I do, I am absolutely one of those people who believes that everything happens for a reason. Um, and you know, maybe five years from now, we'll look back and have the long list of all of the reasons why we were brought together today. Hmm. And maybe because of what you said, there'll be a curly girl hotline or something established national hotline for curly girls that are, or, and boys too. So, you know, my, my poor nephew (laughs) sometimes battles with his parents. He just wants to let it go. And they're like, it's too unruly. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he, he'll, he'll have to go through his own journey too. Sure. Princess, what about for you? What do you think brought us together? I was going to add the comedic relief and say, well, clearly it's because our hair just naturally has kind of a gravitational <laughs> force field of its own. Oh. The things that have come into my hair, uh, whether it's, you know, a bug or a pencil, like ants all, or ants. Yeah. That's a different podcast, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I do think that our stories are, are so similar and there are those chapters where we're just supposed to find those people that come into our gravitational pull and and appreciate them and their stories and I just I do feel encouraged because like there are days I still feel alone in my hair journey it's not always this you know um I have not reached necessarily the pinnacle of of my hair journey and you know with with covid we weren't able to necessarily go out and take care of our hair or we didn't have the desire to take care of our hair because my camera was off in most of my meetings <laughs> so i'm going to pull it back and and so i have those ups and downs with my hair even to this day and so y'all have filled my bucket and have um you you filled my hair cream bottle or something (laughs) because you just reminded me like I for me that takeaway from Jennifer was give gratitude to my hair I I think I do need to remind remind it that I appreciate it working for me so hard and you know again it's like your business card 
it's taking all of that wind and elements and, and all of this craziness throughout your day. And it's kind of absorbing it, if you will. Maybe that's when my hair gets bigger by the end of the day. And so your hair think, gets bigger by the end of the day, you know, since moving to the South. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So much I can put in my hair where it finally just, <laughs> let me be, let me be big and beautiful. Everything is bigger in Texas. So I guess that's part of it. But I definitely, I, I love to meet people's lives overlap because there's something that needs to be said and shared. So thank you ladies both. I, I felt renewed confidence. It's wonderful. Yay. It's, <laughs> so turning this into more about your experience in this conversation, literally you met you know, technically met 20 minutes before we went live, 30 minutes before we went live. So I'm curious about what's been, what's it been like to share something that's quite intimate on a podcast, first of all, and mutually with a, with somebody that you've never met. Wait, there's other people listening. <laughs> <laughs> what, where is this going to be recorded? I know. Well, I can't unsay what I've said, so I guess we'll roll it. Uh, and you signed a release, so. I did, you know. <laughs> you're good. You're good, Valerie. You're good. Just empowering my guests. <laughs> yeah. Well played, well played. But no, I, I just am grateful. And as I've said, for me, I love talking about my hair, the ups and the downs, again, just because it is that conversation starter for me. And so I loved having a focused conversation on it, if you like. I definitely don't, definitely not a curly hair SME that is going to conferences across the globe talking about <laughs> my perspectives on curly me. hair. Um, <laughs> hashtag life goal. But I think having this candid but focused conversation has been really nice. And it's probably more time I talk about my hair than I do taking care of it most days. So again, you know, when Jennifer at one point was saying like, your hair is this kind of physical reflection of yourself. If I think back to the times where like my hair was crazy, it was because my life was crazy. Like, or it was stressful. Mm. And, and maybe someone who has their hair nicely done, they spent that time, whether they bought, you know, bought the services of someone to help them or they spent that time on it. It's it's that direct reflection. So I'm definitely going to take that as some homework to build in that time for, for my hair. Mm. Fascinating. I love that. Jennifer, what about for you? So it's been so wonderful, right? I mean, this hour has flown by and I've absolutely loved it. Um, what was really fascinating to me is I didn't realize how alone I felt about my hair journey until I heard myself saying it. Mm -hmm. um, to the two of you. So I, I've always known what a struggle my hair has been and how many challenges that I've had, which has always kind of been in that bucket of, I'm frustrated with this one aspect of myself, you know, this card I was dealt that I have to deal with, but I don't think I've ever thought about, you know, how much it really affected how I felt, right? Mm -hmm. And, and at times, in life, you know, like middle school, going through puberty, that's a really hard time to have one more thing to make you feel alone. So it was, it was very special to be 
in this space and exploring the topic together and hearing myself say mm -hmm. that. Um, and, you know, sharing stories that I hadn't thought about in years. Cause you know, you ask me about my hair and there are a few canned stories of, I used to straighten it every day. And then I finally stopped doing that and embracing the curl. But, you know, I don't think I've ever told anybody about, you know, pulling my hair back when it was wet at night and putting all the scrunchies in it <laughs> and how silly that whole process was. So it was neat to, it was neat to hear what stories um, I shared and the memories that came up. I'm curious, and I know the time went by so fast as we're wrapping up here, what other questions bubbled up for you? Like if we were to continue this conversation, or I would hope that you guys continue the conversation beyond this podcast, but what other questions would come up for you that you'd like to answer or that you'd like to ask? I would really like to explore whether or not I'm, I'm truly grateful enough for my hair. Um, you know, I mean, there are times that I show gratitude um, and then there are times that I, you know, get really frustrated or, you know, feel like it doesn't look good and, um, and I'm not gracious about it. Yeah. Um, and so I wonder, I wonder if I practice more gratitude, and I think this is true in every aspect of our lives, but if I was more grateful for this unique gift that I was given, um, if that would improve things, right? Would that make my day easier if I worried less about my hair? Wow. Gratitude is a practice for our hair. Hmm. Who'd have thought? Yeah. Love it. I would probably ask the very generic question, but what products are you using <laughs> right now? <laughs> because I mean, both your hair is lovely, but I have to say when Jennifer came on, I was like, okay, her hair is on point. I need to <laughs> So definitely uh, talking about those hair care product recommendations. I'm always, always a fan of and finding that next best thing, because then when you have that great product, someone says something to you and compliments you. I know we're not in 4D yet, but my hair smells great. Just so you all know. <laughs> and I love when someone calls it out. So now I just want it to, again, I want it to match. I want to add that gratitude in is that like that additional ingredient. And then I think just, you know, hearing more about your story. Like mm -hmm. I think the, funny, the funniest part is neither of us know what each other does in our day job. Like we didn't really hear about any of that piece. And so for me, hearing that extra context later would be awesome, but because there's a story behind the hair, yeah. you know, like there's a story behind the hair, like we just talked about for an hour, but there's also like these person, personal stories, um, mm. really exciting. And so it just makes me want to talk more. So I'll, you know, I'll be in touch. <laughs> I'm yeah. so glad. Cause I, yeah, I, I, I don't think I've had a focused conversation about hair, definitely not in a podcast and marginally with other people, but likely in the space, like a styling salon or, you know, talking about product or something very specific but not literally about the experience of hair and the journey of hair in this, at this level. So I'm so grateful for the two of you, A, for being so transparent and, and sharing so intimately some of the, your struggles, some of your discoveries, some of your, you know, the, the, the grace with which you apply, you, know, you apply to this topic. And 
And I think the, so I do have a product and I mentioned it, I think Jennifer mentioned it to you, not a product to use for your hair, but to learn about curls. And I gave this, I gifted this to my sister-in-law because she has, you know, five children who mixed race who are, you know, dealing with different texture. And it's called the Curly Girl Handbook. Have you heard of this? I've heard it. I've not read it. It was wonderful. And, and, you know, and I'm a little biased because I do love things that are in a natural product and they promote a, the types of different types of curls, everything from like, I think Jennifer, you would have what cherub curls, I believe like, you know, these slightly like large kind of bouncy tight yeah. curls to like 4C, I think it's called like my very, very tight, you know, uh, kinky curls and everything in between. And I don't know, Princess, what your particular curl pattern is, but I love that she broke that down in the book. And then there were all these very natural products, everything from, you know, using, you know, lavender infused oil and sesame seed oil and coconut oil, like all these things to encourage the pattern and to encourage the, the, the keeping the moisture levels it was fantastic. So I gifted that to my sister-in-law so that she could manage better because you know her straight hair she would have had she has four girls and one boy and that would have been yeah rough and the girls now know about enough about their hair too you know the oldest is 15 the youngest is four so they all have their own journeys to go through I imagine but I would offer that to the two of you and to anyone who might be listening and any final words as we wrap up anything else that you'd like to share I have to give a shout out to my amazing stylist, who is Tiffany at Reverie here in Raleigh, who has taken me on my hair journey, right? And been super supportive because I do think it's very true to, that to have somebody to talk to and a focused conversation is super helpful. And product wise, I am a bumble and bumble girl. That has been the best thing for, and I, you know, trickle a few other products in and out, um, but that's been my mainstay. Bumble and bumble. Never heard of it. Love it. Uh, I would just say, because I forgot to mention it earlier, one of my favorite movies or, or shows, however, it's this needs to be categorized, uh, that I totally recommend if you can find it streaming somewhere. I used to watch it old school on the DVD, but uh, the documentary called Good Hair with Chris Rock. Chris Rock, yes. Yeah. It just it still touches my heart all these years later because I do feel like it was one of those earlier conversations around curly hair and it was focused more on kind of the African American piece of of the curly hair culture. I think anyone that has curly hair would love it though and and you know, as Chris Rock always does, he made it light and great and fun, but it it taught me a lot about my own hair and my own, for me, my own kind of heritage in a lot of ways, but I, I hope that one comes back to Netflix or, or wherever, because it is, uh, it's, it just helps you, again, see what goes into all of this. I think when your hair is styled a certain way, people think it's easy, but girl, it ain't easy, and uh, I, I love, again, that story that our hair tells. It's great. Mine is actually quite easy, so it is. <laughs> You're not is it time right? to end? I it's time, it's yeah, time it is time. Go. Yeah, we have. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> Sorry, princess. It's been a journey in just finding ways to diminish what you've shared. <laughs> <laughs> not everyone can, so good no. job, girl. Good job. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 
Uh, well, first, I'm so grateful. Speaking of gratitude, grateful for the two of you, like I said, for sharing your journey, sharing your, your ideas, your experiences with one another. And I'm, I am encouraged that there's more to talk about. There's always more. And for everybody that's tuning in, I think these are the kind of conversations that don't happen very often. You know, when we talk about the aesthetic, right? Like, oh, where do you go and what products you use? That's fine. And I wonder if we can go a level below that and just to understand what it means for us to get that kind of information. What does it empower us to do? Who do we get to be in the world as a result of the choices we've made about our appearance? And, you know, in this case, specifically our hair. Um, I, I think that would be absolutely fascinating to have those conversations more often, more mm -hmm. often, not just on a podcast and not just when you're going through something, you know, in a, in a special group, but talk to your neighbor, your colleagues. You know, I would think it's fascinating conversation. And not only among women, I think men too. You know, if you, you know, I, when I talk to my brothers about, you know, some of them have, are bald now, shave their head, others are not, some have gray, some, like even having conversations about what's that like for you to have lost some of your hair or to have to shave your hair, like all of that, fascinating, fascinating. So anyway, with that said, thank you all so much for being on the podcast, Princess and Jennifer. And for those of you who tuned in, thank you all for coming to Not Quite Strangers. If you are not subscribed to this podcast, please be sure to go to www.notquitestrangers.com so that you can subscribe and get these episodes, this one and all the others right in your inbox. And you can also subscribe to the YouTube channel connect to joy and that way you'll get notified anytime a new video is posted we're also on all of the other platforms so feel free to check us out there there's always more to come thank you all so much for tuning in again jennifer princess you've been awesome thank you all right everybody have a wonderful rest of the day everyone you've been listening to the podcast not quite strangers be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite video or podcast platform. And for more information and content, go to notquitestrangers.com. See you next time.